Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Two Sisters podcast. Today is Wealth Wellness Wednesday, August 3rd. I think I'm right on my day today, so that's a good thing. Today, we have an amazing guest on, and she also happens to be a Connecticut resident, so we are both experienced the heat, heat wave, and let me just say she likes it a little bit more than I do. So uh, without further ado, um, I want to welcome you, Evelyn, to the Two Sisters podcast. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you. And yes, this heat is uh, something that I live. <laughs> God bless you. So I want to um, let our viewers and listeners know you are, um, <laughs> you have many things under your belt. International speaker, hormone, fat loss, nutrition coach, certified group and personal trainer, and you specialize in behavioral change. And a lot of things that we talk about with the Two Sisters podcast are those changes. Can you start off by sharing some of those changes that you share with your clients? Because I think that's really a pivotal thing in one's wellness journey to really think mm -hmm. about. Yeah, you know, I think that um, when it comes to wellness and when it comes to body change, I think that the, the biggest thing that keeps us back is that we feel like it has to happen right now. We try to do these very um, intense overhauls in our food and our nutrition and in, in our, excuse me, in our exercise, everything. But really, it's the small things that we do consistently over time that really make the change. And, and the truth is that it's not always where we think it is. We think body change comes from change in diet and exercise, but really it comes from, yes, food and exercise, but also your thinking and also the way that you show up and, and the way that you feel about yourself. Like all of those things tied in impact the big picture of overall fitness, right? So a lot of what I work with my clients is, unlearning some messaging that is there, reconnecting um, the mind and body, uh, understanding your body's cues, and then doing really small things like making sure your body's hydrated, uh, making sure that you're getting ample sleep, uh, making sure you're able to cope with stress so that the decisions you make are coming from a place of what you actually need rather than a distraction to hide what you don't want to feel. Exactly. And thank you for sharing that because as you said, I think when you go into um, one of those, well, I call almost call it like a wellness pattern where you're like, okay, I, I feel like crap. I got to do something here. And then you just like, you, you dive in and it's so much more the wellness is an umbrella and underneath it are so many different things. And I think as a society, we put too many, too many barriers there where, you know, if we focus on, yes, we have to think of our wellness as a whole. And you mentioned some very good things about unlearning certain habits and creating new ones that can really almost complement our lifestyle in, mm -hmm. in such a way where we don't feel that 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 almost gaslit type of feature like all or nothing because it's not really an all or nothing it's about so many different things all together yeah and I think like those constant attempts to overhaul everything makes you feel like a little bit more demoralized every time you fail at it because 
you know, there, there's, it's reinforcing this idea that I can't do this. I'm never going to do this. I can't trust myself. I just don't have motivation or dedication or self-control. Like all those ideas keep getting like uh, reinforced with every like failed fad diet where the truth is there's so many other ways that you show up for yourself. There's so many other ways that you are trustworthy and you have proven it time and time again. It's just easier to ignore the good and focus on the bad, right? That's the first thing. But then also um, the reason that so much of these things that we try don't work is because they're not meant to work for the long run. Like, you know, people ask all the time, like, can I lose weight doing keto? Yes, you absolutely can. But are you going to do that for the rest of your life? Um, Is that the best thing for you for the rest of your life? Do you even have long-term research to know if that's the best thing for you for the rest of your life? You know, if we start, instead of saying like, I need to make this change and I need to make it happen now, how about if we focus on learning who we are, learning how to show up in the journey so that it doesn't feel so overwhelming? Right. And, you know, I use that analogy a lot because, um, you know, that I'm a a certified health coach as well. Mm -hmm. And I use the analogy, um, for instance, our cars, which we all know gas is expensive now, but Mm -hmm. we do do put gas in our cars. We change the oil regularly, those type of maintenance things. And if we looked at our own maintenance so to speak our daily maintenance for instance we need to hydrate well we need need to eat well we need to supply ourselves with not only good nutrition it's not about it's not so much about the um what we're putting into our bodies it's what we're feeding our bodies what we're feeding our minds because we wouldn't you know think of the number of times for instance that maybe Uh, that maybe you've chatted to yourself in such a manner where you know you would not speak that way to somebody else. 100%. And I think that um, those of us that are moms specifically too forget that the ways that we are talking about other people, maybe envying or comparing, the ways that we are talking about ourselves, the ways that we focus on that exterior really shapes how our daughters will see their bodies and themselves going forward too. So I love the thought that even if you're feeling this discomfort in your body, even if you see yourself as less than because you know you've been told smaller is better, right? There's still power in taking control of that thinking because it's not just for you who's going to benefit. You know, you are going to benefit. Obviously, you're going to feel like a better version of you, but also your daughters are going to learn a different way of viewing themselves. And I also love knowing that the better you feel, right, the, the more empowered you feel, the more comfortable you feel in your skin, the more accepting you are of who you are right now the more you give other women permission to feel the same. And that's how, you know, you create this ripple. Yeah, that is so important. And I love how you said that because it is about creating that ripple effect. And, you know, I have a son, but, you know, for instance, you know, with our daughters, you know, my nieces or whatever, it's, it's all about being true to yourself, of course, but treating yourself in such a respectful Mm -hmm. manner like that part of self-care is so important so not only the 
think about feeding your body, but feed your soul and how that outward appearance can really affect others because, you know, we've all heard the term, like, for instance, you walk into a room and you, you've heard the term, maybe, oh my God, the, the tension was so high, you could, you know, yeah. cut it with a knife. Well, that's that same kind, kind of thing. Like if I am going to have a bad day or if I'm going to walk in a, uh, in a room and I'm going to be, you know, maybe mad at the world, that's going to create a whole different ball game for everybody that is in that room. So it really shows to truth that how we treat ourselves in any given situation really reflects on others as well. Yeah. You know, I started to see this in the last couple of years, that energy that you have, um, you know, that's based entirely on how you feel and, and a lot of what you think about yourself. But I really start um, believing 100% that the energy that you bring wherever you go is a natural repellent for the things that you don't want and a natural attraction to the things that you do. So the better you feel and the ways that you show up in authenticity literally attracts more of the life that you want. That is so true. And I love how you phrase that a natural repellent mm. or a natural attraction. I'm going to have to steal that. Just say, I love it. <laughs> Go for it. I love oh, it. Oh my gosh. You, you know, think about that. I mean, you know, I, for instance, I went live on my Facebook page this morning, very briefly. And, you know, for me getting on to do it live by myself is like, Ooh, you know, yeah. Brady scared kind of thing, which is kind of ridiculous. But the point I'm trying to get at is if I didn't do that myself to like share the authenticity that, yeah, I'm afraid, but I'm still doing this because I want to share what I'm passionate about. And I want you to see that you can do it too. Like, who knows, maybe somebody watching that or maybe watching somebody else's live, maybe watching one of the two sisters podcasts on YouTube, they might think, all right, well, these gals are, these sisters are doing it, you know, yeah. maybe I can do it too. And, and I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's literally by just showing up by just being you, you're the model for what other people maybe think they can't do, or don't think is possible. Like you're the living, breathing version of reality and hope. And, you know, there's, there's truth in all that. And I think for many women, and, and I know, um, you know, and this certainly can apply to men as well, but we as women take on the world. Like we are the doers, we are the givers. And there comes a time where we see that opportunity. Hey, I've got to, I've got to take care of myself too. And I think a lot of times, for women, we fall into that trap. Well, I do have to take care of everyone else, but now, um, now I'm being selfish and it's not about being selfish. Like we have to get rid of that stigma. It's about the self-care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, I, I think that what helps me more than anything is feeling like my actions are shaping my kids, right? My, I have two daughters, 13 and 10 years old, and I hate the thought of modeling something that makes them feel less than, right? So when I think about it, like if I think about it very literally, if I am exhausted and burnt out and overwhelmed, 
then I kind of am being a hypocrite in what I'm teaching them. If I'm telling them you are beautiful and you are worthy and you are strong and you deserve happiness and you can be anything you want to be. I'm also saying, but when you become a mom, you have to stop wanting those things. You have to stop having desires. You have to stop thinking about yourself because everyone will come first. So unless I'm willing to let go of that thinking and live happiness for myself, I'm never going to give it to them either. Yes, you're absolutely right. And that shows the vulnerability of not only you as the woman, but you as the mom, you as the caregiver. And I want to say too, that, you know, sometimes when people look at that, and this is where the comparison factor can probably come in, and you're the behavioral expert on this, we compare ourselves to, oh my gosh, well, um, geez, Evelyn has it all, and I should be doing this, and I should be doing that, or Janice does blah, blah, blah. It's not about that. It's about what is your true authentic self? Because every person, not just women, but every person, every daughter has that ability to show up authentically themselves. Yeah. I think comparison too is, it really does rob us of joy and acceptance and, and self-love. I think like when you're, when you're comparing yourself to other people, you're constantly reminding yourself that you don't feel enough. Um, where I love, uh, I saw a meme that kind of resonated with me and it just the way it said that just because she's beautiful doesn't mean I'm not. Um, and I love that idea of looking at, even looking at another woman and saying, wow, she is so beautiful and so am I, you know, not she is so beautiful. I wish I had those arms or I wish I had the flat belly like her. She is beautiful and so am I. End of subject. We're not, you know, you don't have to point out what she has that you don't have or what's different. It's just that you're both beautiful. End of story. I love that because that's an acceptance factor. It's okay to you to accept yourself as is, mm-hmm. you know, I always kind of, you know, tease myself. Oh yeah, I'm having a bad hair day. Well, yeah. guess what? If that is the worst thing I have to complain about, I guess mm-hmm. I'm doing pretty damn well. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Some day, some days my, um, some days my hair looks better than others. Like, you know, I recently turned 60 and it was like, all of a sudden I discovered lipstick. It's like, yeah, (laughs) lipstick color. Um, And as a sidebar to that, I absolutely love all the things that my mother told me when I turned 30 years old that I hated. Mm. She said, you wait another 20, 30 years, you're going to like all this stuff. She was so right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and that just goes to show you, you know, hey, things happen at different ages, your yeah. likes and, you know, those sort of things change as do our um, body chemistries. Yeah. Yeah. I think, too, there's something almost triggering about the word acceptance in itself. So many women that I work with, when we talk about acceptance, they equate it with giving up. If I accept my body, then that means I don't want better for myself, right? But I believe that acceptance is not about giving up. It's about acknowledging and loving who you are right this moment and understanding that it's still okay to want to change. 
you can be completely grateful for who you are right now and still work toward being stronger. Um, you know, having a stronger cardiovascular health, more endurance, whatever the goal is, you can do both. You can accept who you are and want to change. They're not mutually exclusive. And acceptance does not mean giving up. It just means you're giving yourself the grace in the journey instead of trying to change yourself through, you know, self-hate, for example. Right. And I think what you said about the grace of the journey, <laughs> excuse me, is so true because it's about, okay, we are here and now I want to be over there. Okay. Like I know there's certain things that I have to do, but right here and now I feel bit good about who I am and mm -hmm. I love myself for who I am. And I'm just going to take it one day at a time. It's not about a strict regimen mm -hmm. of food, of exercise, and, and all those things that go into that. And yes, mm -hmm. I know that that is important. For instance, I, I talk about this all the time. I know, for instance, that I cannot be trusted around a bag of potato chips. Mm -hmm. If I was sitting in your home right now and I saw a bag of chips, it would not be safe because... I would eat them. Mm -hmm. that's, that's my truth. So I will not go out and buy potato chips. Now for somebody else, it may be something different. Now, if I do decide to buy a bag of chips, sometimes I will like make myself little baggies or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's like, if I really want it, I will have it. It's not about denying yourself. It's, yeah. about, it's about being realistic with your mm -hmm. expectations on how you feel about food. Yep. Yeah, because that it's the denial, right? It's that you can't, I can't, that triggers the binge behavior. If I'm telling myself, I can't, I can't, I can't, then the second I'm around it, I want, I want, I want, <laughs> I want it all. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's an exercise that I do with my clients, actually, when they tell me so often, like, I can't be trusted around X food, then I actually have them go out and buy X food. Um, let's say that yours is Oreos. I cannot have Oreos in the house. Okay, great. You're going to go buy some Oreos and we're going to try what's called um, exposure therapy. Jill Coleman, who is like the master of moderation 365, um, introduces exposure therapy with her clients. And she also trains me in the same way. And what that means is um, if you can picture like small children who have like peanut allergies and the um, allergist will introduce them to little bits of peanut until their bodies no longer react to the allergen. In that same way, you can expose yourself to the foods that you feel uncomfortable around or you feel like you can't be trusted in so much that in time, the food loses its power and it's just an Oreo now. It's not about, I can't trust myself. It's not about, I have no self-control. It's not about, um, I have to eat the whole sleeve. It's about, this is an Oreo and it's delicious and I can have one when I want it. And I really don't need to go bananas anymore. And it takes time and practice, but that's the beauty of the journey, right? You mm -hmm. learn not just about food, but you learn about yourself in the process too. Oh my gosh, that is so true. And I love how you explain that exposure therapy because, and by the way, um, Oreo cookies are gluten-free and I really love them. Ah. <laughs> um, and 
you know, I recently saw, um, I forgot what store it was in, but they had popcorn that had, um, with, with Oreo cookies. And I was like, well, that, that looks interesting. I don't know if I would buy that, but the thing is exposing yourself to those behaviors in such a way that gives you, I think the ultimate control over those kind of urges you're not binging you're allowing yourself you're being you recognize whatever the situation is Mm -hmm. you're allowing yourself to have that you're not denying yourself and in the end you enjoyed the process yes Yes, because there's a difference between sitting down and eating a sleeve of Oreos because you have this negative thought, right? The negative thought is, I shouldn't be having these. I shouldn't want these. Why am I doing this again? Where if instead we can start to change that narrative to, let me put the Oreo in my mouth, but make it an experience, right? Uh, Slow yourself down. Start to notice the change in the texture while it's in your mouth. Um, identify those flavors. I can taste the chocolate. I can feel the cream coming through. Oh, I definitely feel that sugar on my teeth right now. Like, you know that there's phases to an Oreo breaking down in your mouth. If you're focused on the moment and you're focused on eating intentionally, then it becomes an enjoyable experience rather than one that fills you with guilt and shame. Because when you sit and eat that sleeve of Oreos, it's not like you enjoy it. It's not like you feel pleasure. It's not like you feel satisfied. When you finish it, you just feel guilt and shame all over again because you didn't even really take the time to enjoy it. You gobbled, gobbled, gobbled. I have to get these out of here. Let me finish these. I can't trust myself. And then it's over with. You didn't even enjoy the thing that you actually love. Right. And, you know, with my health journey, um, you know, going back about, uh, gosh, about 18 years or so, I lost um, over a hundred pounds. Now for me, I forgot what the exact amount was either 142 or 132. But for me, it was when I was at that point where we were talking about initially, okay, I'm not feeling well and I'm not healthy here and Mm. my back hurts, those sort of things came up. But it was about looking at myself objectively and saying, okay, I've been on many quote unquote diets before Mm -hmm. um, and I have failed miserably. How can I do this different? different?" And for me, it was, okay, I I decided right then and there, I am not going on another diet. I am not going to do that to myself. And I looked at it differently. But I'm just going to be very honest with everyone. It took me a while to get there and say, okay, I need to do this differently. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to do this differently. What would you suggest to someone who is feeling that way right now? Like, okay, what Janice said is great. What Evelyn said is great. But how can I do something differently for myself? I think the the greatest thing you could do for yourself is give yourself the gift of presence. Because if you think about regret is because, you know, you're focusing on what you did before. Fear or anxiety is because you're focusing on how you want to feel later. But what can I do right this second? What can I choose right this second? And how many seconds are in a day where you constantly have the ability to choose you? Um, And then not only being present, not only making 
choices for yourself in the moment, but also doing them with compassion because guilt and shame and, you know, um, just degrading yourself over your choices is also not motivating, right? But if you can start to make some choices where you find like a middle ground, like, yes, I love Oreos, but I also know that fruits and vegetables fuel me and give me energy. So maybe I have a big fruit salad, for example, with lunch, and then I have an Oreo. Maybe I can find a middle ground for both. So I think that the, the first step would be really talking yourself through the fact that this doesn't have to happen fast. It just has to happen intentionally. And the change is going to come regardless. You're just not going to have to keep starting over if you're focused on the small steps instead of the big overhaul. Right, because I think a big overhaul, let's face it, is overwhelming. So mm -hmm. in this moment, you know, take that opportunity to... Um, let it happen intentionally. Okay. You know, I possibly have a long road ahead of me. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But in this moment, I am going to maybe go for a 10 minute walk, or I'm going to have um, a glass of water instead of reaching for the diet Coke, whatever, yeah. whatever that may be for someone, which is so important. Oh my gosh. I love this conversation. What are, what are some other things that you can say, for instance, the process of working with you? How does all of that work? I love being able to break down the big barriers that we put on ourselves, right? So um, for, for one more thing for people going forward, I think that it's hugely important to stop focusing on the minute, the minute details that really don't make a big change. You know that your body needs protein for sustenance and energy. You know that your body needs fruit and veggies, not only for the macronutrients and vitamins, but also for energy, fiber, and being able to process. You know that your body needs water, sleep, those things, right? Focus on those then. I know I need some protein. We're not measuring, but I know I need some protein. I know fruit and veggies make me feel good. Great, I'm gonna eat some fruit and veggies. I know my body needs to be hydrated. Great, I'm gonna drink some water. I am not going to give a lot of mental energy to figuring out which brand of peanut butter is better. I'm not going to give up, get up a ton of mental energy to should I have sugar in the raw or should I have sweet and low? Those things over time don't make a big impact, but fruit and veggies and protein and water do. So focus on the things that make big impact and don't put so much mental energy. You only have so much capacity in a day to deal with things and decision-making. Don't put so much time and energy into the things that don't make a huge difference over time. Um, and then when I work with clients, that's exactly where we start, to be honest. We focus on the, our very first step is to focus on what we call the daily nutritional commitments, DNCs. Um, and those are the things that are big dial movers, things that make change over time and keep you feeling satisfied, keep you feeling like the food that you're eating is sustainable. Um, and then from there, we start introducing different tools like exposure therapy or what we call intermittent sampling. Um, and truly, it's about shifting your relationship with food while shifting your relationship with yourself, which sets the foundation for the change and longevity. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. And Evelyn, how can our viewers and listeners um, get in contact with you? 
Oh, so I am uh, on the web at evelynfit.com or on Instagram, it's Evelyn Levasseur and Facebook, Evelyn Levasseur Fitness. Wonderful. Oh my gosh, this has been such an amazing conversation. And I know that Carol Sue wanted to be here. Um, and I know she's going to view this um, video and just get so much out of it. You know, we're so um, blessed to have so many amazing people on our podcast. And I just, I can't thank you enough for being here today, sharing, sharing your wisdom, sharing your knowledge and my gosh. And it's Wealth Wellness Wednesday. As well, Wealth Wellness Wednesday. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. I, I appreciate you having me. And honestly, I want to say thank you to you too, for just giving women permission to, you know, to be giving women permission to just be. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. As you can see, Carol Sue is not here today. Um, she wanted to be here and she is the gem at sharing Wealth Wellness Wednesday. She described it so much better than I absolutely ever could. But the basis behind Wealth Wellness Wednesday is the spirit of creating that ripple effect. It's not about the monetary value. Maybe it's, and we know all know Carol Sue doesn't like coffee. I actually have my coffee hidden over here. I do have it occasionally, even though I am on the drive program. Every now and then I will have it. Um, by the way, I went from about four to six cups to uh, maybe one cup a day. So that's a really good thing. But Wealth Wellness Wednesday is all about sharing the wealth. It could be the person behind you at the coffee store that you pay for their um, coffee. It could be something as simple as putting maybe a $5 bill in a diaper bag. It doesn't matter. It's just about sharing the wealth, sharing that goodness of feeling of giving to others in an unsuspecting way. My name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. This is the Two Sisters podcast. And today I was able to share the stage with Evelyn Lavasser. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Totally. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everyone. Have an amazing day. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye for now.